Hi everyone and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Words. You're here with me, Samrin, today, and we are doing a combination episode of the post-game podcast for the Leverkusen game, as well as a flagship looking forward to whatever is coming afterwards. But for a start, I'm actually going to begin with just some main ideas that I got out of the Leverkusen game. I'm recording this a couple hours after the game, so I've had the chance to calm down. But I want to start with talking about the team selection by Julian Nagelsmann. Ever since Nagelsmann has been in charge, it's always a bit of a guessing game to find out how the team will play on any given day. But today was even more of a guessing game than usual, especially because the opponent was Leverkusen, and I really did expect to see the best lineup there was for Bayern. But instead, instead, I saw Sadio Mane, who has just come back into the team and has been picking up minutes, come back full-time into the first team. I saw Joao Cancelo in the team again, despite Joseph Stanisic being excellent against PSG not that long ago. Uh, Kimmich was deployed as kind of a single pivot, which was, again, confusing. We know Muller can play a striker, but in Chupamoting's absence, I guess Nagelsmann thought he had no other choice. But that's how the team started. Leverkusen went with a 4-3-3 in attack, which settled into a 5 when they defended. But they didn't really need to do all that much lastish defending. Most of the defending they did was on the front foot. I have to say that whatever Chabilanza did worked to perfection even though Florian Wirtz was virtually marked out of the game for a lot of it and seemed to pick up a knock early on and Musa Diaby did not have a good day made some really questionable choices when left to make decisions against the Bayern backline all right now the two main incidents in this game that led to the changing of the result were both penalties up to the first penalty, I was going to praise Bayern's backline and tell you that we now have a team that is capable of defending when things are not going well. We now have a team that we can rely on, upon to defend well when when things just things just aren't settling in and the attack is not having a great day. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case today because... While the defending was, for the most part, excellent and Leverkusen did not score any goals for open play, both the challenges bordered on rash. They were not horrible, they were not meant to injure the opponent, but they were mistimed. Pavas challenge was mistimed and he was basically subbed off right away. Him and Cancelo on the right side really did not do a good job of shutting down Hincapié and Adli. Adli just did whatever he wanted. Actually, Adli also switched sides, so I can't really blame just Bayern's right flank. On the other side, Davies had a f- pretty good game, and Frimpong really did not get much out of him. Uh, Diaby kind of drifted all over the place, so Davies <laughs> did what he had to do. But anyway, Pava got taken off basically right after the penalty was scored. And uh, in his place came on Stanisic, who today did not have the best of games. But things might have been different if he started. Also, 
Upamecano's tackle, not rash, but slightly mistimed. And it did lead to a penalty. So, yes, you can make the argument that Bayern did not concede from open play, so great. Okay. But two penalties were given away. I thought the refereeing from Tobias Stieler was just horrible. Both times he gave Amin Adli a yellow card for diving. Both times he had to rescind the yellow card. It's worth thinking about what happened for two seconds before just brandishing a yellow card and blaming a player for diving, especially the second time. The first time, okay. The second time, I saw that Adli did not really even protest that much. And that's saying a lot. Because... He had been betrayed by Tobias Steeler to be Steeler today, and I thought he did a good job of keeping his head. Um, there were a few more challenges that kind of looked wacky, but the ones on Kimmich, uh, Leverkusen pressed him incessantly, and he almost did give away the ball. I thought were fair. They reminded me of Muller's pressing in the Champions League against PSG, that led to the first goal for Bayern uh, in the two 0 victory at the Allianz. So, um, against Marco Verratti. So, I did not think they were particularly unfair. What Leverkusen did without Schick as a focal point, Bayern could not similarly do without Chupa Moting in the lineup. And that's the essence of Bayern. We do not do well without a focal point up front. Uh, Bayern had Robert Lewandowski for eight wonderful years. And before that, we had very serviceable front guys who did very good jobs, such as Mario Mandzukic, preceding him. Uh, around the same time, of course, there was Mario Gomez in the team. Uh, preceding them were Miraclosa, Ivica Olic. We had good guys up front. And none of our midfielders really are meant to play up front. Tell might have been the best option. And I feel like had we gone with Matisse Tell for a start, the outcome might have had a chance of being different, but who knows? We can't really know, which brings me to the substitutions. I didn't think the changes at halftime were the worst. I thought taking Mane off was the right move. I thought taking Cancel off was the right move. I'm not so sure taking Muller off was the right move. Not because Muller had a wonderful first half. He didn't. He was barely visible. But... Muller plays well off of a front man. And once you have Gnabry in the team as a kind of a focal point, or you have Tell later on as a focal point, I think Muller's role just grows. I think Nagelsmann was too quick and too drastic. The ideal change for me would have been actually um, to bring on Musiala and perhaps take off Sané. Not that Sané had a poor game, but that would have made more sense to me. So I also have to talk about how impressed I was with the, with the level that Leverkusen was able to maintain over 90 minutes after what was uh, not a tough, a relatively comfortable, but not super comfortable win over French Varos on Thursday in the Europa League. I thought they would have the classic Bundesliga drop-off and just be tired and not be able to score any goals or just like not be able to overextend themselves. Basically what happened to Union Berlin after they had played Ajax, they got completely hammered by Bayern. Who knows, maybe Nagelsmann was expecting the same thing. Didn't happen. They came out determined. They came out like a team who were fighting for the title and not just for um, 
either a conference or a Europa League spot. And they looked ready to go. I don't know if Leverkusen will keep playing like this under Xabi Alonso. But today was just so impressive. While they didn't have that many last-ditch attempts to deal with, when they did, Robert Andrik was so on point that um, I liked him when he was at Union, and he has done well at Leverkusen. Also, I said the one change that did have, the two changes that did have a good amount of impact for Bayern were the introduction of Muziala and Coman. Unfortunately for Kingsley Coman, when he cut to the byline and he tried to find somebody in the box, there was no triple moting there. Jamal Musiala almost scored a beautiful goal, goals that only he can really score in this team. It didn't come off. I liked seeing him, though. And while resting him is important, maybe, maybe the better idea would have been to rest him last week when we were playing Augsburg rather than this week against Leverkusen. I think... I don't know if Nilesman did, but I think there was a little bit of underestimation on his part about how good Leverkusen would be. And I genuinely was surprised too, because I have seen Leverkusen this season. Inconsistencies pop up all over the place. Against Monaco in the Europa League, for example, they were 2-1 up in the first leg and lost that match 3-2. They won the second leg, they took it to penalties, and they came out on top. But Leverkusen doesn't exactly have a history of consistency. And they haven't been excellent this season in the Bundesliga but this this match if anything showed me Leverkusen's promise and the promise of Xabi Alonso as a manager ultimately though I think if Bayern feels their best 11 if Bayern feels the 11 they played against PSG in the second leg I think they run out winners but credit where it is due Leverkusen was excellent today now we have a title race and more so than that the fixture against Borussia Dortmund suddenly becomes so huge and so important once the international break is over. And, Lord, there won't be much time to allow players to rest once the international break is over because right after Dortmund, Bayern has Freiburg twice. Freiburg Bayern games like la- last time it wasn't a great game and it was very one-sided, but they tend to be tight. And one of those fixtures is in the cup, and one of those in the league. And right after that, Manchester City looms. Hoffenheim were fighting relegation follow, and then it's Manchester City again. Game selections, game management, time management, everything will have to be watched really, really carefully. And Dortmund has the cup to play for, but basically not much else aside from the league and they have the time to put more focus on uh, in the in the on the league title race so it'll be an interesting game to watch especially because Dortmund was fantastic against Cole yesterday running out 6-1 winners so we'll have to see where we go from here speaking of which speaking of the Champions League the draw against Manchester City looms large for Bayern, and uh, as the draw has come out, I've looked at various predictions and ideas about who might go through and which way pundits or fans or anybody on Twitter really is looking for the tie to swing. And uh, there's this idea of Bayern's collective versus Manchester City's collective and individual brilliance where... Manchester City might have just a better player at every position compared to Bayern. I obviously don't buy that, but of course I'm very, very biased in this 
in this viewing. I also don't particularly like the fact that Bayern drew Manchester City because drawing teams like PSG and Manchester City just brings out the wrong kind of press. And the idea of Bayern's history and tradition and the collective kind of gets lost. Even when we had won the PSG tie, there seemed to be factions of the press, of the English-speaking press, whose idea was that, oh, uh, Bayern won this tie because PSG kind of handed it to them. PSG were poor, did not take their chances. I mean, PSG was poor because Bayern made them look poor. I don't think if it was up to PSG to walk the ball into the net and win the tie that they wouldn't have done it. I'm sure they would. Now, what happens against City, to me, comes down to two factors. One, how well does Bayern's defense hold up? Arling Haaland used to give Dai Upamecano nightmares when Upamecano was at Leipzig. At Bayern, the case was different because Upamecano used to be paired up with Lucas Hernandez, who did a brilliant job of keeping Haaland in check. Hernandez is just making his way back from injury, so I highly doubt we're going to see him in this clash, so it'll probably be delicted. A team that can shut down Mbappe and Messi should have the confidence to do well against Haaland, although Haaland's physicality is very, very hard to deal with. That being said, the last two matches against Augsburg and today against Leverkusen have not inspired the greatest amount of confidence for me in Bayern's defense. This defense has gone from looking absolutely world-class to absolutely watertight to pretty leaky in the matter of a few days this season. It's, it's been a very Jekyll and Hyde nature for this defense. Also, the other thing is Nagelsmann's over-tinkering versus Pep Guardiola's over-tinkering. And honestly, this tie opens up a lot for me because my time as a Bayern fan, the time that I felt somewhat somewhat disconnected from the team was when we were being managed by Pep. The noise around the team seemed to be about him. We got a lot of press coverage because the great Pep Guardiola was in charge of the club. But we took some hammerings in the Champions League. And before Pep's time, when Bayern did take hammerings in the Champions League, it was because the team was bad. Not necessarily because of the game plan. And uh, he had suffered heavy defeats against Real Madrid and Barcelona. And of course, in that last season, there was that tie against Atletico Madrid. And Pep did a lot for the club. He revolutionized parts of the game. The passing game went up. But death by a thousand passes was not really fun for me. And I longed for either uh, for Heinkes' brand of football, which combined which could play in a counter-attacking style, which could play possession-oriented game, but which really did enjoy the fast attacks and, and just passing the ball into the net, sometimes after the minimal number of passes needed. And then came, and then after a few coaching changes, of course, um, Hansi Flick brought back that style. And under Nagelsmann, while there has been a lot of chop and change, the idea still has not been death by a thousand passes and not a possession-oriented game, but the idea has still been quick attacks and movements. At least that's what it seems to me to be like. So I hope we stick to that. And of course, Pep will probably be warmly welcomed back the first 
and I don't even want to contemplate the second leg at all until we see what happens in the first leg um, but it will be a very interesting time I remember in the summer in the preseason friendly Brian just struggled so much to even get a leg on the ball it was a preseason friendly but it was a pretty damning indictment of the team at the time that they couldn't string like five passes together against Manchester City a lot has changed since then. Of course, we haven't been in Gladbach. That's not going to change anytime soon. But a lot has changed. We've been pretty much close to flawless in the Champions League. And it's going to be a tough game. I think the key is not to get overwhelmed. Today, what I really liked about Bayern, especially early on in the first half, was that although Leverkusen came at the team, Bayern didn't lose their nerve. There was so much good defending that kept happening, despite the fact that Leverkusen was really trying to manufacture chances, especially using their speedy wingers and fullbacks. And uh, when Bayern scored, it felt almost inevitable that this would happen because Leverkusen couldn't break through at the other end. And that's going to be vital because City will come at Bayern. And Bayern will have to hold their nerve in the back four. Speaking of over-tinkering, it might also come down to how Julian Nagelsmann sets up the team. I think the best choice is the lineup against PSG in the second leg. Granted that everyone is available because, hey, there's an international break and knock on wood, I hope no one gets injured and I'm glad that a few of the players are staying home. I hope Chupo recovers by then because he's absolutely instrumental to Bayern's game. Yet, you never know with an Augustman. I don't think I've seen the same lineup over, over four or five games consistently throughout his time at Bayern. And there may be reasons for that. Players do need the rest. Um, it'll be a tough game, though. It's a tough draw. It's a tough draw. It's been a tough draw all the way. But if you got to win the whole thing, you got to beat the best teams there. That's the way I see it. And um, we'll have to see if this is a bridge too far for Bayern or if this is indeed a good draw and a good test for the team. But even before that, there's still the small matter of Germany playing some friendlies or international breaks starting with Peru. The squad selection for that has been particularly interesting with Leroy Sané being left home, for example, Thomas Muller being left home. And I find these decisions perfectly reasonable. These players need rest and uh, it is it is to Bayern's advantage that they're being left at home. And I almost wish Kimmich and Goretzka were also left home. Kimmich needs a lot of rest. Goretzka could probably do with some game time having been out for chunks of the season due to various injuries. So it'll be interesting to see what Hansi Flick does in those team in those games. But also just that also just that he has four inverts in the squad which which is quite which is a welcome sign like Germany could have definitely have done with him 
he also has Mari Götze in the squad. And Eintracht Frankfurt haven't been very good lately. Neither in Europe nor in the Bundesliga. And just the season and the tiredness seems to have caught up to them. And again, the loss 2-0 today to Union Berlin can be expected. But Union Berlin played on Thursday. Frankfurt played on Wednesday. So if anything, Union Berlin should have been more tired. And, Uni- and also Union Berlin <laughs> went a man down. So there was that. Also, um, some more interesting situations to comment on include the selection of Bernleno in goal. I don't know why I wasn't quite expecting that. I saw Marc-Andre Terstegen and Kevin Trapp being in the squad, but there are a bunch of other good German keepers to select from in the Bundesliga. So that was interesting. Tilo Kehrer's inclusion is a head-scratcher. I don't know why he's in the squad, but he is. So we have to see how that goes. Christian Gunter and Matthias Ginter both deserve call-ups. Arma Belakacha remains a somewhat surprising call-up, but Flick likes him. Marius Wolf is an interesting call-up because he's improved a lot for Borussia Dortmund this season. Emre Chan is a weird call-up. He's still himself in that he occasionally makes the craziest of mistakes. He has had a good season, but I don't see how his addition helps the team. Fulkrug stays in the team as a forward, which is brilliant to see. Mergen Berisha gets a call-up, which is well-deserved. Kevin Schade is... I didn't quite see that, but he gets a call-up too. So, I don't... I don't quite understand the logic behind a few of these call-ups, but it'll be interesting to see how Flick lines the team up in the friendlies, especially because they're not competitive affairs. How can Flick really get the most out of them? I do hope that Kimmich does not end up playing all the games and Leon Goretzka too, because that Kimmich-Goretzka pairing is vital. And today, in today's lineup, Nagelsmann had them both, but kind of separated them. Where Kimmich appeared like a single pivot sometimes. Today was just all kinds of weird. So I don't even know what else to really add to that. Yeah. Going back to scenarios after the international break. I think against Borussia Dortmund and against Freiburg and Freiburg after that Nagelsmann might have no chance but to field his best players and the only out he really has is to beat Dortmund and that would create not that much of a separation but enough to give Bayern just a little bit of breathing room ahead of the Champions League ties I wouldn't necessarily say that the ties are deciders, but I have to say that Bayern's record in the quarterfinals lately has been very patchy. Pep was in charge 2014, 15, 16, and each of those seasons Bayern made the semifinals. Before that, Bayern made the final, obviously, in 2010, so of course got past the semifinal there, made it to the final in 12, let us not remember that, won it in 13. So 14, 15, 16, of course, the semifinals. So between 2010 and 16, the going was going good. It was really, really good. Then after Carlo Ancelotti was sacked and Jupp Heynckes took over, again, Bayern went to the semifinals. 
afterward, it has been round of 16 or more recently quarterfinal exits, except for the win in 2020. So the quarterfinal stage has tended to be a hard one. And again, this is going to be a very hard one for Julian Nagelsmann. Because last season's nightmarish exit against Villarreal will still be on everyone's minds. And if Bayern bows out in an embarrassing fashion against Manchester City, that will raise a lot of questions for the manager. The team has been impressive sometimes. When things are clicking, this team, with this team, you can't really name a better team. But there's been so much tinkering and there's, there's, this is the nature of this team has been so stop-start. It's been hard to really say where Bayern's season is going at any point. That being said, I do think the squad is much better than it has been in recent years. It's much more full. There's much more depth, except at some positions like Chupa Motings. And especially with Mazrawi coming back into the fold, Slanisic having a good season, Cancelo being added on loan. Uh, there being quite a few wingers it's been it's been a promising season in terms of the squad there are there is of course Chupomoting the question mark on Chupomoting up front and that's the position that this team is light on and could really benefit with an addition I thought if Nagelsmann really wanted to risk things today of course putting out tell would have been the answer but that didn't turn out to be the case now that we are in March and going into April and May, there's not that much time for the season to end. I think we have to talk a little more about Nagelsmann and how his achievements will be rated. I think while winning an 11th Bundesliga would be brilliant, and if Nagelsmann does lose the Bundesliga, there will be question marks because you don't want to be the first coach to lose the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga has been stronger in terms of the other squads, the other teams for the first time in a long time compared to com- compared to um, previous seasons. There have been more teams in Europe than ever and pretty much almost everyone did well in qualifying out of the groups. Leverkusen did not qualify out of their group in the Champions League, fell to the Europa League, and remains the only other German team aside from Bayern alive in European competition. So that's okay. Köln was probably the only exception, not having gotten out of their group in the Europa League, in the um, Europa Conference League, rather. But um, otherwise, it was a good season for the Bundesliga in terms of European showings. Yes, Man City embarrassing Leipzig, would live long in memory, but Leipzig got out of a tough group. They had Real Madrid in there, and they had to beat Real Madrid to get out of that group. So well done to them for being able to do that. That means that, of course, the pressure has been tough on Bayern, but some of this pressure has been Bayern's own doing. Some of this failing has been Bayern's own doing. So Nagelsmann might be judged on those tactics, on those consistent tinkering, at the end of the season. What can mask some of that is a place in the Champions League semifinals. Bayern doesn't necessarily have to win, but a spot in the last four, having gotten past all the teams they have to date, would be impressive and probably make up for the fact 
that and husband might not win the Bundesliga. Of course, the gap is only one point. Yet, I don't think this is the last time that Bayern slips. But I think the game against Schalke might have been the last time that Dortmund slipped. So, that means that even if Bayern does go on to beat Dortmund in Der Klassiker once we return from the international break, the title will by no means be decided. And I would be surprised considering how well Dortmund has done to date this year if Dortmund suddenly drops off. The draw against Schalke was understandable. That's the biggest derby in German football, if not in European football. And there was plenty to play for, and Dortmund had had that Chelsea game where they had come away with a very disappointing result. For Nagelsmann, for Bayern, the stakes are high. Beating Freiburg... I think in the cup is an absolute must, regardless of what happens in the league. A good showing in the Champions League, regardless of the final result, is also a must. I think he keeps his job regardless of what happens in the Champions League, Bundesliga, and in the Pokal. However, even if he keeps his job, I think all the murmuring and All the talk around him that has been pretty consistent will not go away soon. So on that note, that's it from me. This has been Samrin with my thoughts, with my post-game thoughts from the Leverkusen game and with some additional thoughts on the Champions League tie and Bayern's other games ahead as well as on Julian Nagelsmann. Be sure to stay tuned to Bavarian Podcast Works for all of your up-to-date coverage on Bayern Munich in Germany. Follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks, at the Barrel Blog, at TomYadam71, at BFWIN, and more. Thank you, take care, and enjoy the rest of your weekend.